for Lover, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Coming up. We're going to start the ball rolling on the Tuesday. The Cook Islands Parliament confirms a date for its first sitting. Also. In the case of uh, children being harmed by vaccines, not going to happen again because all our vaccinators have been trained. Samoa isn't taking any chances on another measles outbreak. And later on... When we call out Pacific people natural, it kind of takes away from the hard work that we actually do to acquire the skill set for performing art. An award-winning playwright says Pacific dancers are effective educational tools. But first up, some quick Pacific news and sports. The Cook Islands' new parliament will sit next Tuesday following the country's general election more than seven months ago. Parliament has been held up due to a clause in the country's constitution which requires all petition hearings to be completed before parliament can sit. Clerk of Parliament Tangata Vainerere says MPs will sit for at least two days. So that will be our first day sitting of the 18th parliament of the Cook Islands. So we are excited about it. Prime Minister Mark Brown plans to update the constitution to allow Parliament to sit regardless of petition hearings. New Zealand's Foreign Affairs Minister Nanaia Mahuta is in Fiji to meet Prime Minister Sitivini Rambuka. Ms Mahuta says the leaders discussed areas of joint ambition, both in terms of direct country-to-country cooperation and as a unified Pacific whanau. New Zealand has allocated 12.44 million US dollars to support Fiji's delivery of its own climate change priorities. Ms Mahuta says New Zealand remains committed to doing its fair share in the global race to tackle climate change by assisting partner countries to protect lives, livelihoods and infrastructure. And this will enable you to ensure uh, that you can strengthen uh, the resilience aspirations that you have, your aspirations to go further in meeting uh, some of your climate action uh, ambitions and to deliver national programs to strengthen uh, the security and well-being of many of your communities. The allocation of flexible climate finance for Fiji follows similar allocations to Samoa, Tonga and the Cook Islands. To sports, the Fijian draw has not changed its focus on getting into the finals of the Super Rugby Pacific competition. Head coach McBurn says this is something the Nandi-based franchise is working towards, following their two wins in the series so far against the Moana Pacifica and Crusaders. Following the team's upset 25-24 win over the Crusaders in Lautoka last weekend, the side managed to move to fifth on the series table. Yeah, I think our goals have always been finals. Um, and nothing's changed. You know, where we are there, we are. You know, um, we're three games into a season. We've won two games late, and nothing's changed from our goals of we want to play finals footy this year. That focus will mean the side has to be at their best when they face the Reds at Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane this Sunday. It will be a physical encounter that Bryn believes his Warriors will love. Well, I think we know the Reds are going to be physical. They, they bring a, a physicality right across the board through their, their front row, their back row are hard, hard men, and then out into the centres and even right down to, you know, Geordie out wide. They run hard, they'll come at us hard, and that, that's our prep. The Endure Reds clash will be at 6pm on Sunday evening. Samoa has started a new MMR vaccine campaign to boost its rates following suspected measles cases in the country. 
However, Samoa's Director General of Health is not worried about another outbreak, saying there would first need to be one in Australia or New Zealand. Ayono says the vaccination rates for the MMR vaccine was currently 85% for the first shot and 45% for the second. He speaks to Caleb Fotheringham. So about three weeks ago, we had about three cases and uh, people, of course, get excited when they see a rash and uh, fever in, in small children, especially when there's been a case discovered in Australia and a case discovered in New Zealand. And also with the heightened awareness of what happened in 2019, people were on edge. But the tests that were sent to New Zealand for those three cases all came back negative. Now, there was another two cases uh, and one of 11-month-old, and they were admitted for observation. So again, suspicion of measles, but no definitive diagnosis. And so we've sent those blood tests to New Zealand. And when I checked this morning with our laboratory, the results are not back yet. Those kids have been discharged and they are recovering well at home. And I suspect that they are not measles either, because if they were, there would have been a few more cases presenting to ED. When can you expect to see results of that one that hasn't come back yet? The laboratory uh, chief uh, was saying that uh, it was stuck somewhere at the Auckland airport. It was sent to Wellington. So I'm expecting it really to be back now that things have been sort of expedited. It should be back tomorrow or the next day. Is Samoa at risk of another measles outbreak? No. Mainly because uh, we will have a measles enter into the country if there were epidemics in Australia or New Zealand. And that's uh, when we had the disaster back in 2019, when we had an epidemic in Auckland. And that's how it entered our country. So there's no epidemic in Auckland. There was only one case that was discovered somewhere. And so that's not an epidemic. So therefore, I don't see it being transmitted across to Samoa. Back in 2018, the vaccination rate for measles was only 21-25%, best estimate. Now, our vaccination rate is far higher than that. We have an 85% vaccination rate for MMR1, so that's for nine-month-old babies, and a vaccination rate of 45% for MMR2, that's for the 15-month-old babies. So, no, I do not foresee any dangers, really, to the community that is compared to 2019. Is the vaccination rate high enough, though, to prevent a measles outbreak, even if there's one in New Zealand and Australia? Uh, Yes, with that vaccination rate, there will be some sick children, but I don't foresee the vast, you know, the more than 5,000 cases that were seen in Samoa 2019 there will be babies that will not have been vaccinated, the 15-month-old babies to two years. So as I said, 45% vaccination rate. We're rolling out the vaccination campaign now. We've started the campaign. So weekends, our nurses, and also during weekdays, our nurses are going out to homes. So I will be able really to update what coverage rates will be by the end of the month once all the data has been analysed but it will be, again, higher than what the figures I've just given you. Uh, so, uh, no, I do not foresee any disaster of the magnitude that we had in 2019. 
Well, that's great news. And what's the feeling on the ground in Samoa? Are many people very keen to get this MMR vaccine? Well, I was hoping really that uh, with a little bit of scare in the media, of course, about possible measles in Samoa, that mothers will be rushing in with their babies uh, to be vaccinated. But we haven't seen any, any such reaction. We haven't seen any sort of mass exodus to our vaccination booths. So here's the reason why we are actually doing the hard yards again of going out to, from home to home, village to village, to vaccinate these children. Why do you think that's the case? You know, 2019, it's very recent history and obviously a massive tragedy. Are you surprised that people aren't running to these vaccination booths? I'm a little bit surprised, but then we've just sort of recovered from COVID. And I suppose like many countries in the world, people are getting tired really of um, of vaccinations and what have you. So I have a feeling that may be the case, but I'm not so certain. Certainly, the disasters that happened back uh, then uh, in the case of uh, children being harmed by vaccines, uh, that's not going to happen again because all our vaccinators have been trained. So there's no fear really of vaccines. There shouldn't be any fear of vaccines. Do you have a goal in mind for how many people you want vaccinated or what you want the vaccination rate to be? Well, I've uh, promised my minister and also the World Health Organization that I would like it to be the first uh, MMR1 to be above 90%, probably 95%. And I'm hoping that we'll have uh, the 45% increase to 80% MMR2 by June. So that's not far away, but I think we can do it. We know the areas that have low vaccination rates. There are districts, of course, that have uh, fantastic vaccination rates. Um, So we're targeting the areas with poor rates to start the campaign there first. An award-winning playwright says Pacific Performing Arts should be more than just providing entertainment. Licky Jackson-Burke took up the role of tutoring Marcelin College's Samoan group for this year's Polyfest with their performance, inspired by Samoan's struggle for independence, referenced tragic events that occurred under the New Zealand administration, including the Spanish influenza of 1918, which claimed 8,500 lives, and Black Saturday, where New Zealand police gunned down Samoan leaders, including Tupua Tamasese Lea Lofi III in 1929. The performance drew a lot of criticism online, but it's opened up conversations whether Pacific performances is appropriate for history and political narratives. Leki joins me today. Talofa Lava Leki, first of all, tell me about your journey into the performing arts space. So initially I started doing performing arts as a child, performing through family things and White Sunday. And then I did performing arts in high school. And I went on to do formal study at the Pacific Institute of Performing Arts. We're definitely spoiled for choice when it comes to Pacific performing artists. I mean, we have Paris, Tofinga, yourself, so on and so forth. What do you think makes Pacific people so naturally good when it comes to creativity? I I used to think we were naturally good. And then I had this conversation with Dr. Michelle Johansson. And she said, when we call our Pacific people natural, it kind of takes away from the hard work that we actually do to acquire the skill set for performing arts. So now I don't actually believe we're naturally gifted at performing arts. I think we are naturally hardworking people who acquire the skill set that is needed for performing arts. We put in the work, the love, the passion, 
all those hours and um it kind of just yeah it comes to us because we work hard to strive to get it and it's it's just all testament to who we are as people i guess those of us who do performing arts now are just we're navigating and voyaging in a different space and in a different framework you were a tutor for Marcelin college's salmon group this year can you give a brief explanation on what the performance was actually about that had people talking? Sure. <laughs> it's a golden question. Um, so the performance was a dedication basically to Wautu Samoa and to Samoa's history. And um, we did that in, in several different ways. So one way was in the past we acknowledged and we called out the names of the teachers and Auckland-based teachers, Samoan teachers who have kind of paved the way for Ngangana Samoa in the education sector. Um, so we put their names purposely in our Pisiole Aso because it went with the theme of identity and language. Um, and so that was one way we honoured them. And then to take it a step further, we wanted to honour history. And so we did that by including our version of our interpretation of the story of the Mauapule and the Mau, the story of Samoa's colonisation by uh, Germany and by the New Zealand administration and the British Empire. Um, so we did that a few different ways. We had, um, obviously, the flags, which sent social media on fire. And then we also did um, a little dedication in our exit song and in our tawalunga, where we um, sang the songs, or the vi'i, if you will, the anthems of Lawaki, Namula Ulumamwe, and support Samasisele Lofi the third. So those were both kind of like figureheads of um, both of the mouths. Now, why was it important to you to incorporate history into that performance? It was important because when we looked at Polyfest, we were like, this is the biggest platform for our young people to access their culture, and it's in the school calendar, right? And we are like, this controls the narrative of how our children see themselves, how our young Pasifika see themselves. And so when we did our practices, we started watching documentaries with the kids and we started um, giving them activities and doing workshops and stuff. And we noticed how they were reacting. And, you know, it was like real emotion, like from some of these kids. They're like, wow, I didn't know this. And, wow, I, you know, learning about their history and their past. And, you know, there's not one story to our history. There's so many stories. We just chose to focus on this one particular story. Um, and we saw how it was affecting them and how, how it changed their attitudes and their behaviors. So rather than just learn about it, we wanted to um, put it into creative performance. And we did that, and we don't know if people got it or not. And if they didn't, that's all right, because we knew that our ancestors got it, and it was for them. Now, you wrote an opinion piece on the performance as well. What's been the reaction like so far? Generally, it's been good feedback. There's a few people who have pushed back and have said, like, you know, oh, man, it's not that deep. Like, polyfish should just, like, leave it alone. It's just about, you know letting the kids have fun and stuff. And to be honest, like, we had so much fun learning about our history. It was like, it wasn't a um, smooth process, you know. There were times where we all cried together, where we laughed together. Yeah, generally, it's been good feedback. There's, like, the odd person that has come, you know, with some real whack feedback. Um, And that's totally fine, you know. Like, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. We're not trying to save the world or anything. Um, But, <laughs> but you know, I'm saying that not everyone is going to like our art. And that's totally fine. But art, in my opinion, is something that should be used to impact social change. And when we look at 
historically where our arts has been used, it's been used to document our language before we had written language. It's been used to push political messaging sometimes, and that's evident in all the songs and stuff that we sing that were composed by our ancestors across the Pacific, not just in Samoa, but also in Tonga and other neighbouring islands as well. That's Pacific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us for free to device on iHeart, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Pafitaitele lover Manuele Vayaso.